Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. I'm thankful for his power tonight. We're excited about what God's doing in this place already. We're looking forward to what he's going to do. Didn't the, the worship team tonight do such a great job ushering in the presence of God? Thankful for them. Thankful to Brother Boyd for opening his church up to us and all the members of the Hatchman Church who have made this possible. Why don't we give them a hand and show our appreciation. Thank you very much. Also want to say thank you and how much I appreciate all the pastors and youth pastors that have brought your young people out here tonight. It's a sacrifice to, for you to be here and to bring them out here. Thank you for all you do for the young people at your church. Young people, you ought to give it up loud and long for your pastor or youth pastor if they're here. There you go. Did that for a number of years, so I know what's involved in all of that. I'm excited about the Word of God tonight. I'm excited about the man that's getting ready to come to this pulpit. Brother Jason Cole is, is no stranger to the pulpit. He has uh, been involved in a number of youth functions and, and revivals and preached in a number of different venues. Uh, he's, a, he's a good friend of mine, and what I'm thankful most about him is he is a tremendous man of God with strong Christian character, and that matters. That matters above all else, that matters. And I believe that he has a word for us tonight. Why don't you give it up for Brother Jason Cole as he comes to preach. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. Can we do that? You're worthy, Jesus. We love you, God. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Come on. Come on. We're in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's invaded this house tonight on a Friday night. It's September 2013. We're in the presence of royalty. We're in the presence of majesty. We're in the presence of somebody who stepped out of heaven and put on this flesh to walk down among men and was crucified for you and for me. He deserves the highest praise that we can give him. He deserves the highest praise that we can give him. Hallelujah. 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 I am so thankful to be here tonight. I'm so honored to be here tonight with you all. I want to give honor to our 
to the host pastor, Brother Boyd and Sister Boyd, for opening this church and opening his pulpit, for allowing a young guy like me to stand in it. I appreciate that so very, very much. I have the utmost respect for Brother Boyd, and he has done a tremendous job leading this section as our presbyter. Let's give it up for Brother Boyd. Do you love Brother Boyd? Amen. 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 Give honor to my good friend, Brother Guerra. We've been good friends for a number of years, and I knew him before he became Brother Guerra. We won't talk about those days, but I remember those days, and he remembers me before I got married. And so good to have my wife here with me, my beautiful wife here with me. She said if I didn't say anything about her, she's going to beat me up on the way home. So... I was threatened, but I wanted to say something about her, and so it's so good to be here with you all, and it's so good to see Church of Pentecost, my home church that's here tonight. I love you. I love you from the bottom of my heart, and it's so good to be here. Without further ado, I know that I am in the way of you and wanting to eat, and I know how Pentecostals get when they're hungry. So I'm going to try my best with the help of the Lord not to belabor the point any further. But I do want the Lord to move in here tonight. I do want the Lord to move in here tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 37. The book of Genesis, chapter 37. Starting at verse 1. Genesis chapter 37, starting at verse 1. If you have it, say amen. amen. And it reads, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah, and with the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheep stood round about and made obedience to my sheep. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream, and he told his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obedience to me. And he told it his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. I want to preach to us for just a little while on this thought. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. If we could put our Bibles down, extend our hands toward heaven one more time. Let's ask God to have his way in the service here tonight. Lord Jesus, we love you. 
We thank you, God, for another opportunity we have to come into your presence. I ask, God, that you'd open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive the word. I pray that you anoint your servant, Lord God, I pray. Have me say only what you want me to say to this precious body of believers. Let there be a demonstration of your power and majesty in this house tonight, God. Let your word be confirmed with miracle signs and wonders. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do. And we want to give you praise and glory and honor in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of the Lord here tonight. Don't give up on your dreams. We all have hopes, dreams, and visions of what we want to achieve in life. We set out in our course of life to achieve these goals and these accomplishments. Perhaps as a child, you had a vision of becoming a doctor, a lawyer, or a fireman. As you grew older, some of us went after these dreams. Perhaps some of us started to realize a different career path and began to seek after what was set before us. But we all have desires. We all have dreams that we're passionate about. We have been wired that way by God, and we were designed and created to be passionate people. Joseph was a young man who was passionate about God. However, in his youth, in his quest to show everyone how God was working in his life, he rubbed his family and he rubbed his friends the wrong way. When God places his mantle of anointing upon your life at a young age, it's exciting. It's refreshing to know that God saw something in me to place his hand upon my life. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 11 and 9, it says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer in the days of thy youth. Can I tell you that Joseph's brothers did not like the fact that he told them his dreams. They didn't like the fact that in those dreams, Joseph said, you're going to bow down to me. He already was the favorite of his father. He already, wa- he already got to do whatever he wanted to do. Could you imagine being around Joseph at that time? Here you are, 17 years old, and you know that you're the favorite son of Jacob. You know that you're his favorite son of his beloved wife, Rachel. And you know that you can do whatever you want to do. That you can get away with whatever you want. You can say, I don't have to do that grunt work that you guys have to do. I don't have to go out there in the fields and tend to the sheep because I can just hang out here in the tents and just have a good time. His brothers didn't like that at all about Joseph. It wasn't the fact that Joseph had dreams is what they didn't like. It was the fact that Joseph had some arrogance about him. Think about it. He's young. He's impressionable. God's given him dreams and spoken into his life. But he's going around being arrogant about it. And that's not the way that God intended for that to go. God didn't intend to give Joseph those dreams to walk about with an aura of arrogance about him. So God in his mind began to say, all right, Joseph, I'm going to have to humble you because this is not the attitude for a leader. This is not the attitude for someone that I've destined for greatness to have. If you're going to lead people, if you're going to be responsible for people, you can't have an aura of arrogance about you. You can't be cocky. You can't walk around thinking that you're better than everybody else. You've got to roll up your sleeves and get down in the trenches with everybody else. And you've got to work alongside everybody else. Joseph was walking around like, I'm the favorite. I can do whatever I want to do. And this particular day, Joseph's father, Jacob, said, I want you to go out to the fields where your brothers are. 
and I want you to report back to me what they're doing. Joseph's like, all right, no problem. I'll be along my way. I'll, I'll, I'll go see what they're up to today. And so he had to go a little ways to find his brothers. And when he, got, and when his, and when he was just a little bit afar off, his brother saw him. And the Bible says that they got full of anger. Here comes that dreamer. Here comes that guy that thinks he's better than us. I'm tired of him, of him thinking that he's better than us. I'm tired of him thinking that he, that he can rule and reign over us. He hasn't done much. So they begin to, de- to devise a plan to get rid of Joseph. The Bible says they wanted to kill Joseph. But Reuben, the oldest, intervened and said, no, let's not kill him. Let's just put him in a pit and let's take his coat and go back and tell our father that he was maimed by a wild animal. So here comes Joseph to his brothers and he's all excited like, hey, brothers, how you doing? I'm sure they're like, hey, man, it's good to see you patting them on the back and wanting to know where their food was, if he brought them any snacks. Where's my Capri Sun and my Cheez-Its or, or, or as Brother Tim would say, my honey buns. And they begin to talk for a little bit and exchange some pleasantries, but then all of a sudden they begin to wrap their arms around them. And Joseph's probably thinking they're playing like, okay, guys, stop it, knock it off. But then it began to get serious. And Joseph realized something's wrong. Joseph realized that the people that I thought I could trust, that the people that I thought cared about me, are about to throw me into a pit. Joseph began to realize something's not right here. Joseph couldn't understand, what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? God, you gave me these dreams. You gave me this promise. But the very people that I thought that I thought I could trust with those dreams have turned their back on me and they've thrown me down into a pit. Joseph's down in this pit and he can't understand what just happened to me. What's going on? I can imagine him crying out, brothers, brothers, why have you done this to me? Why have you turned your back on me? And some of us in this room here tonight have been given dreams by God. And you feel that same way saying, God, where are you? God, I'm in a pit right now. God, I'm going through a tough time. God, where are you? God, I need you. God, you're calling out to him. God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. And it's in that time that Joseph began to feel broken. It's in that time that Joseph began to feel afraid. Not understanding what's going on. His brothers have just now sold him off to the Ishmaelites to go to Egypt. And can I tell you something, just to give you a little bit of tidbit. Further on down the line about that story, Joseph becomes the governor of Egypt. But he couldn't get there until God removed him from where he was. You see, sometimes God gives you a dream. And the only way to accomplish it sometimes is God's got to remove people or God has to remove you. We get mad about that. And we get mad at God saying, why are you doing that to me? Why are you pulling me up out of this situation? You better lift your hands and thank God for pulling you out of that mess. And thank God that he loved you enough to wrap his arms around you. To put his arms around you and say, I'm not going to let anybody. And I'm not going to let anything take out my anointed. I'm not going to let somebody snatch you up out of my hand. It ain't going to come that easily. Joseph's in that pit, and he gets taken out and sold to the Ishmaelites, and now he's going off to Egypt. 
Now he's in Egypt. No friends. No family. Nobody to call. No one to talk to. All alone. All by himself. And I'm sure in those times that on that, on that journey from Canaan to Egypt, Joseph's wondering, God, what did I do? God, where did I go wrong? But it was, this was all a part of God's plan. For the Bible says that, the, that, we know that we know about the good things work together for what are good. That everything that God is doing in your life is designed for your good. It's not designed to hurt you. It's not designed to harm you. It's not designed to make you feel bad about yourself. God's trying to pull something up out of you. God's trying to get you to that place where he, where, where he wants you to be. God put a dream in your heart many years ago. And God said, you're going to be this for me. You're going to do that for me. You may even be a missionary that God calls overseas. But before you get there, God's saying, let's deal with the present right now. There's some things in your heart. There's some things in your life that are not fit to lead right now. That's why doors haven't opened for you. That's why things haven't gone the way you want them to. Because God's trying to work on your heart. God's trying to work on the inside. God's trying to pull that junk. God's trying to pull that filth. God's trying to pull anything and everything out of you. That's going to be a hindrance to your anointing and be a hindrance to your calling. Come on, somebody. God wants to work with you. God cares about you. He loves you. And he's not going to leave you where you are. Many of us here tonight haven't been able to fully grasp or gain an understanding of what God is really trying to do in our lives. Your feet are being held to the fire. Not to harm you, but to purify you. To get a piece of gold to its purest form. They have to put it in the fire. And they have to burn off all the impurities. Burn off all the imperfections. Or otherwise, it's just a worthless piece of metal. So while you're thinking that God has abandoned me, and while you're thinking that God has left me, God is burning off the impurities that would hamper your ministry. God's trying to perfect you. God's trying to work on you. God's saying there's people that need to be reached. God's saying there's people that I want to use you to reach, but you can't reach them right now because you're not letting me work on you. You're resisting, you're resisting what I want to do in your life. You're resisting what God wants to do in your life. If you got to let God break you because in order for God to use you, he's got to break you first. Why? So he can put you back together so that you know as by the hand of the Lord, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the Lord. The Bible tells us in Job 23.10, it says, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth. As gold. God sees the end result. God sees the finished product. But while we're walking through the wilderness, we think we've been forgotten. 
while we're walking through the wilderness, we think, oh, woe is me. And that's where hell can get in your ear and tell you that those dreams that God gave you are never going to come to pass. Those dreams that God spoken to your spirit are never going to happen for you. God's left you. God's abandoned you. You know why hell's telling you that? Hell wants you to quit. Hell wants you to give up. Hell wants you to lay your dreams down. Hell wants you to bury those dreams. I've come to preach to somebody here tonight. God wants to resurrect your dream. God wants to breathe life back into that dream. God's saying, I'm not finished with you. I've got a work for you to do. Someone need to hear that right now. God's not finished with you. God's not through with you. God's still working on you. God's trying to perfect you. God's working in your life. Don't give up on God because he hasn't given up on you. He's reaching for you. He's pulling on you. He's saying, come on, come on, come on a little bit farther. I've got something more for you. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord right now. Tell you a little bit about about my testimony. <coughs> Excuse me. I didn't plan on on doing this, but I kind of felt led to do so. At 16 years old, I was a junior in high school, and at that particular po- time in my life, I wanted to know what I was going to do with my life after after high school. I was contemplating joining the military. Excuse me. I was contemplating joining the military. I wasn't sure what to do. I was looking at possibly the Air Force. The Marines recruit, were recruiting me hard. But the Marines are crazy. I hope there's no former Marines in here. I'm not. Please don't come beat me up later. I'm, I hope not. But those guys, you, to be a Marine, they do, some, they do some crazy stuff. They really do. I mean, those, you know. You've seen them simplify and all that stuff that they say. And I was like, man, that's not rather the right branch for me. An army, possibly, but I wasn't real sure about the army. Navy, I definitely wiped off because I didn't feel comfortable being out to sea with a bunch of men. I mean, my father served in the Navy for 24 years, and I'm thankful for that, but that just wasn't, I just wasn't feeling the Navy. I just, I just wasn't. <clears throat> so I was like, Air Force is the best branch to go to because they don't do nothing. And they get paid a whole lot. <laughs> so I was like, I hope there's no military people in here. I'm going to get beat up. But I was thinking about joining the military and I was like, Air Force is definitely, I was kind of like, Air Force, yes, that's, that's what I want to do. And I'll never forget, <clears throat> March 1998, my pa- it was our church's 14th anniversary. My pastor decides to invite Nathaniel A. Urshan, who at that time was our general superintendent. He's a, he's a grandfather of Joel Urshan. Anybody know who Joel Urshan is? He's the grandfather of Joel Urshan. He comes to our church and... That night, I'll never forget that night, the youth choir was singing. I'm on the front row singing with the youth choir. And Brother Olson, 
my pastor, Brother Olson, and Brother Earth sitting on the front row. And I was standing probably about maybe right here. And I happened to just look up because I was scared to look in the direction of Brother Urshan. I mean, the general superintendent, it's a little intimidating. I was scared to look in his direction. But I noticed that they were talking about me. <laughs> and so in my mind, 16 years old, I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've, I've really, I'm really in trouble now. I made the Olsons look bad. I, I did something on the platform I shouldn't be doing without chewing gum. I was, I was doing all, I was checking my face, making sure I didn't have anything in my nose. I was doing it all. And so I didn't know what, I didn't know what they had said at that point. The youth choir sang and we went down off the platform and I was sitting on the front row. Sitting on the front row and I was on the front row all by myself. And I'll never forget this. And Brother Urshan gets up, Brother Olson introduces Brother Urshan, he gets up to preach. And in that, he says in front of the entire church, in front of the entire church, Jason Cole, the hand of God is on your life. At 16 years old, that had an impact on me. I never, in a, I never in a million years ever thought that God would want to call me into the ministry. My mind was on other things. I was like, you know, I was playing the drums. I'll play the drums, get married. I'll just be a good saint. I never thought about anything like this. And so God called me to preach at 16 years old. Here I am now at 32. I am just now starting to see see God work in my life. Now, that's not where the story ends now. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. I want you to understand something here. There were some things that I had to go through before I could start seeing God work in my life. There were things that God was trying to do to get me to where he wanted me to be. See, when God gives you a dream and when God gives you a vision and God gives you a promise, he always shows you the end. He always shows you where you're going to be. But what he doesn't do is show you what you have to go through to get there. And if God showed me some of the stuff that my wife and I've had to deal with, I would have quit a long time ago. There's some of you in this room right now. You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're called by God. You know the hand of God. You know the voice of God. You know what God's spoken into your spirit. You know the dreams and the promises that God has given you when you sleep at night. And yet there's things in your life that are coming at you and that are pressing on you, that are, that, that, that are making you feel like you want to quit and want to give up. The Bible says we are troubled on every side, yet not, in, yet not distressed, persecuted, yet not forsaken, cast down, but we're never destroyed. God hasn't left you. God has never, God's never going to leave you. But hell wants you to think that he has. Why does hell want you to think that God's left you? Because hell does not want you to be what God has intended for you to be. Hell is going to fight you tooth and nail. So that you don't become what God has intended and destined for you to be. You ever think about it? Why do predators always attack the young? If you see a herd of elephants and they see and a baby, they always go after the baby first. Why? Because the baby is not a full-grown adult. Because those predators know that if that baby grows and if that baby matures and becomes a full-grown elephant, I cannot touch that elephant. 
why do you think hell attacks our young people so hard? Hell knows what you're called to do. Hell knows the dreams and the visions God's given you. And hell's going to fight you every step of the way. Hell doesn't want you to be what God's called for you to be. Hell doesn't want you to be what God's called for you to be. Hell's going to fight you tooth and nail. So when hell comes at you, you better stand back and lift your hands and say, Thank you, Jesus. I'm doing something right. I'm doing something right if hell's coming at me. That means God hasn't left you. That means God has not given up on you. Let's give God a 30-second praise break right now. Come on. Come on. The Holy Ghost is starting to move right now. The Holy Ghost is starting to move right now. Come on. 20 more seconds. Come on. 20 more seconds. Come on. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, don't let your dreams die in the wilderness. God wants to resurrect your dreams. God wants to resurrect those promises. God wants to breathe life back into those promises. God wants to breathe life back into that word. I'm, I'm here to preach to somebody here tonight. Maybe it's just me, but I want to let you know God wants to resurrect what's inside of you. Hell wants to keep it dormant, but God wants to bring it back to life. God wants to bring it back to life. God does want to use you. You are going to be used. You are going to be what God has intended for you to be. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm just trying to follow the Holy Ghost right now. I know what my next point is, but I'm trying to follow the leading of the Lord right now. The Holy Ghost is starting to stir. The Holy Ghost is starting to stir. I'm going to tell you something about me. When the Holy Ghost starts moving, I'm going to stop preaching. Because I know that God can do more in five minutes than I ever could do in a 30-minute in a sermon. I didn't come to entertain you. I didn't come to impress you with my nice words and my nice suit and my nice little watch or whatever. But I want to let the Holy Ghost move. I want to let the Holy Ghost do what, it, what God wants to do and what God's intended to do in this place tonight. And if we allow him to, I'm telling you, there are going to be people that leave here with fresh vision. There are going to be people that leave here with a new wind in their step because God wants to breathe life back into your dream. And God wants to breathe life back into your promise. I want to tell a story right quick. I don't, I don't see the person here, but Youth Congress 2009, Brother Tim, you might remember this. We were at service. It may have been on the last night. And one of our young people came to us after, after service and said, Brother Tim, you're not going to believe this. He said, what? He said, God gave me a vision of my dad being filled with the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name. And we got excited. We said, yes, we're going to believe that for you. Now, this, now, these young girls have been praying for their father for years. They've been working on their father for years saying, come to church, dad. Come to church, dad. But he kept saying, no, I don't want to come to church. About two to three weeks later, after we got back from Youth Congress, it was youth service. Brother Tim was preaching. The spirit of God started moving. That girl's dad was sitting in the back of the church. The Holy Ghost started moving. And the Holy Ghost got on their dad. Their dad, I saw him come from the back to the front. 
And by the time he got to the front, his hands were in the air and he was speaking another tongue. They had been praying over their father for years. And now their dad is a member of our church. And their dad is an usher. But those girls, God gave them a dream. And they didn't give up on that dream. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. Don't you let hell tell you that it's not possible. Don't you let hell tell you it's not going to come to pass. For with God, all things are possible to them that believe. We just lift our hands for just a moment right now. I've got to obey the spirit of the Lord right now. I have to do this. I have to do this right now. God's been dealing with me for a long time. The hand of God is on your life right now. In the name of Jesus Christ right now. Right now. Right now. God's resurrecting those promises. God's resurrecting that dream. Hold on. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I don't need anybody looking around right now. I need people that want to pray. I need people that want to pray right now. The spirit of God is in this house right now. Come on. Come on, young people. Come on, young people. Come on, who's God talking to? Who's God trying to stir up? Who's God working on right now? This altar's open. This altar's open. I don't have to finish my message. This altar's open. Who's going to let God resurrect their dream? Who's going to let God resurrect that promise? Who's going to let God work in their life right now? Come on, youth pastor. There's a dream God's given you about your youth group. God wants to resurrect that dream. God wants to resurrect that promise. Come on, let there be a spirit of travail. Let there be a spirit of travail that, that, that's in this house. Come on, come on young people. Come on youth pastors, come on youth workers. There's something God wants to resurrect inside of you. There's something God wants to do inside of you. There's something God wants to stir up inside of you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 
2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.